Do you shape or let culture happen? How do you create a tribe? How do you bring clarity to vision and purpose? How do you avoid the toxicity of uncertainty, the anxiety of the unknown? How do you help educators find the right fit? And what are the unintentional culture viruses? Hey, this is Matt, and you're listening to the Math Lost Mashup. Hi, and welcome to the Math Lost Mashup. I'm Matt Foster, your host, and first let me say I'm thankful and deeply humbled that you've chosen to spend this time with me today on episode eight, Clarity and Toxicity. We're jumping right into the middle of an interview that I had a week ago with the inspirational Hal Bowman. We're going to start right off in the middle where we're talking about shifting, letting, or shaping school cultures. That's that's powerful. It really is, and it's and it's teachable. That's the thing. It is teachable. I think um, some people see school culture, and this is this is like the benefit of my gig as I travel around and, and visit schools. Is I think some people really think it um, it's just it just happens, or mm-hmm. it's it's that's just well that's just what it's just the way it is over there. Mm-hmm. No, it's that's what they've created over there. Right. That's what they've taught, and that's what they've rehearsed every single day. I mean, I mean, school culture doesn't happen just because the moon and the planets aligned right. on a certain day. It's it's a thought out, strategic, well planned, well taught. Uh, a, 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 a movement that happens on a campus. It's, it's shaped. Yeah. Well, and it will happen without you or with you. It's going to happen. Right? Yeah. Culture will shape and move. Uh, but if it's without you, it may not be the way you want it to go. Yeah. Right? Um, because I think that's what makes it special. And I think I mentioned earlier about being a part of a team uh, and, and teams that that have energy and that are positive and strong. I think that's really, really special in schools, but hard to do, hard to hard to make happen. strange part about that is it's what everybody craves, mm-hmm. but it's the hardest thing to create. Yeah. You know, we're all, you know, just the, just the DNA of the human being or the human animal is to be connected. Yeah. In, in, into you know a family, a tribe, a group. Where, mm-hmm. but the the strange part is how hard it is <laughs> to get people to buy into that. That's true. When we have such a deep inner core need for it, it seems easier to do in a classroom with kids. Yeah, they're more open to being apart. Yeah, there's less walls, less history that that creates the walls. Mm-hmm. Uh, it gets harder to do as you scale it up to teacher teams or to campuses, right? Sure. Sure. That's hard. I'm th- I think that's where your work is, right? Creating yeah. those connections. And- you know, and, and I'll tell you what, you know, I think one of the one of the key things with the administrators I've I've worked with that do such a good job at mm-hmm. this is making it crystal clear as to what they're doing in their schools to make it a crystal because teachers want to know if they want to be a part of this thing. That's a good point. And you know, I think the the, the distinction I made was when I was at Sy Springs, it was um what the campus I that opened and the campus it was when I left were completely different schools mm-hmm. where when I, it was a very, it was complete different demographics, completely different, everything. Mm-hmm. And we, when, um, when school first opened, there was a demographic shift where they built a lot of, you know, the school was built in a field. Nothing was out there, but a school. And then they started building a lot of low income mm-hmm. housing around there. 
it changed the profile of the school dramatically, like literally overnight, where one school year was a certain way. We came back the next year. It was a whole different population mm-hmm. of kids. And those teachers, many of the teachers that were amazing when we first opened that school now struggled. I was like, thinking that's the test, right? Struggled. Yeah. And I, but then I realized, wait a minute. They were great teachers. I loved that. I loved who they were for kids. Mm -hmm. Then I realized, oh, wait a minute. They're now in the wrong school. These aren't the right kids. They're still great teachers, just not for these kids. That's a good point. Just not for this school. Yeah. And so I think there are, what I've realized are there some teachers that you just put them anywhere, they're going to kill it. But for the majority of teachers that need the right school, right principal, right kind of kid, like that's Mm -hmm. a good fit for them. Yeah. And go be great with those kids over here. What happened at our school, these just aren't your kids anymore, no. and you need to go find them because they don't go to school here anymore. That's true. The responsivity of teachers, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and you know, I was just talking to Jacob Chastain, the uh, Teach Me Teacher podcast, and we talked a little bit about this. And it is a confusing thing because if you're in school, if you're in a classroom, you have to own it. Like, I, I have to own every success and every failing because mm-hmm. if I don't, I can't change it. Yeah. So if I, if, if my classroom is horrible, I have to own that. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's because I'm doing a horrible job. And it, just like I have to say, if my classroom is killing it and we're great, it's because I'm killing it and I'm great. I'll take that. Yeah, yeah. So we have to own it because if you don't, you can't change it. If you start saying, well, these kids and well, it's because I have these kids or because of those parents, or because of that person. Well, well, now you can't change it because you're yeah. just giving it away. You gave it away. Yeah. Right. So here's the trick. This is where things get confusing. If I own it and I'm the, it's my fault. But at the same time, if this is the wrong school and the wrong type of kid for me, mm-hmm. you have to own it. So there's, so then, then that maybe that's an excuse you're making. So it's a real tough conversation to have with teachers. That's true though. But, um, and knowing that being aware of that, that's a hard thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of admitting that has to happen and that's hard to do. Yeah, some self awareness, some deep conversation. Mm-hmm, definitely. Yeah, right. And, and you know, I think that's that's what your you know, your peer group is for, is to have those meaningful conversations. Hey man, do you love these kids? Mm-hmm. Do you love this school? If you don't love them, that listen, I'm, that's okay. You know, d- describe the kids you love. Find that. Find that, right? Yeah. Find that right. Like place. I do best with kids that, that struggle. I, I really enjoy those kids that I don't know. Maybe I'm selfish, but I like being the one they have. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I like being the most influential person in life. Yeah. I think it's awesome that some kids have a great youth group and they have a great gymnastics coach and they take private lessons on piano and that's great. Mm-hmm. That's it. But I want the kid that needs me. Yeah. Like just has me. Right. I like to, I like when, when I have when I have open house and three parents show up, I love that because mm-hmm. I know the rest of the, these are, I'm the parent. Yeah, that's true. You, yeah. That connection's value. Right. But the point is, that's where I'm good. Other teachers are great with a whole different pop where they have like the kids, you know, the mom and, and the stepmom and the dad and the stepmom and stepdad. And they, yeah. <laughs> they all, everyone shows up for open house. They got yes. 70 people in a classroom, <laughs> you know, that they're good with that population of that kid. I'm not interested. Like, that's just not my place. That's a great thing. And, you know, when you go into educate, educator prep programs, that's never a conversation. No, that's never a, uh, is this going, not just is education right for me, but what part of education is right for me? Right. Yeah. Not every school is the same. Not every Mm-mm. community is the same. And, um, and, and finding the community and the, and the place where, where it's like a glove. Yeah. I'm going to be the fit for that glove. That's special. It really is. 
that's where uh, teams can be more united, more powerful is when they're all they're all uh, putting into it. They're all engaged and they know that they're working in their strengths, right? Mm-hmm. They're working in the area that they're passionate about and they're, they're strong in. Uh, and making it really yeah. clear what that campus is about. You know, yeah. I know we brought up Polly Ryan a couple of times, but if you go and visit, mm-hmm. it's really clear what they're mm-hmm. about. And I'm telling you, the vast majority of teachers are not interested. That's not my place. I'm, I don't oh, yeah. want. I don't want that kind of work. I don't want that kind of effort. Right. I don't want to. I don't want to wear a tutu. I don't want to. I love the tutu. Yeah, I don't want to. Pl- I don't want to. Pl- I don't want to do Simon Says. I don't want to. You know, yeah, I, wanna, yeah, I do. And you know, I don't want to be up in a weekend. Uh-huh. And that's cool, man. Mm-hmm. Perfect. That that then this place isn't for you. But there's going to be one out of a hundred think, oh my god, I need that in my life. I'm the perfect fit for that. And now mm-hmm. you know. And what and what what I hope that I've been communicating with these principals I'm working with is the importance of making it crystal clear mm-hmm. and letting teachers jump off the train. That's good. If this is not, that's okay, man. And it doesn't say anything about you as an educator. You're not less of a teacher, right? Mm-mm. You're not less. No. And. Or, or you're not better because of where you are, what you're doing. Right. It's, it's, it's about that fit. Yeah. I was chatting with some principals in a Facebook group and we were talking about interview techniques, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what, that's what we were talking about is how do we get, how do we get to the truth of the matter? Right. And, right. and not just trying to qualify for a job. Oh my gosh. But how do I make it okay to be truthful uh, when we're fishing out for, for fits. Right. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I think that that right there is huge because I can't tell you how many print, especially when interviewing for principal positions, mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many principals I know that went into an, and here's what, here's what goes on. Here's what goes on. This is any interview, mm-hmm. but particularly for, for a principal, they meet with the superintendent mm-hmm. and the panel, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and the principal coming in and the principal thinking, I would love this job. Like I'm going to sell myself. I'm going to give them as mm-hmm. much. Pre, I'm going to give them the perception of right. I'm the perfect person mm-hmm. for this job. They're thinking that principal, this guy or this gal, this person might be amazing. We yeah. have to present this position in such a way that they're going to want it. Mm-hmm. Be, in case they're the person, if they're if we think mm-hmm. they're awesome. So now we have people presenting perceptions mm-hmm. that aren't truly accurate. And the worst thing that happens oftentimes with a teacher or principal or anybody in education is they end up with a job that they uh, uh, later, the second day of doing, they found out (laughs) they didn't really want. Mm -hmm. And those administrators in that central office or that principal finds out they now have an employee, a teacher on their team that they really didn't want. Yeah, And it happens all the time. I can think of a principal, um, uh, particularly I've ta- I spoke with a couple of days ago, and um, she is in a position where she researched the district and researched the school, and she did a great job of focusing on identifying the needs they had. Mm-hmm. And she went into that interview talking about how she can impact those needs that they have, but that's not really her strength or even what she likes. Mm. And she got the job and now she's in a position where she's going to have to focus on all this stuff. That's not her strengths, mm. nor does she even like it. She's able to do it. She's going to, well, hopefully <laughs> she, she was able to identify it. Yeah. She's able to identify it. Oh yeah. And, and now, and now she has a job where that's like the main focus, which is nothing she really wanted to do, but you know, there's the anxiety of the unknown. And, um, when, when schools aren't clear about their purpose, right. Mm-hmm. I talked with, with a school I worked with recently this uh, semester where the principal moved over within the district, shifted over to another position in the district. And our conversation was, all right, so do we do a gradual 
shifting. This, this, the campus has a needs a dramatic shift in culture. Mm-hmm. Do we slowly shift that trajectory upward? And my theory is, nah, no. Like we do it big, huge, mm-hmm. like dramatic today. Mm-hmm. That way, you give these people enough opportunity for those teachers to realize I am not interested in this kind of program. You do you see how when they do it gradually, do you you, you can start to feel the anxiety increase? Yep. They're not sure what's really happening. And there's suspicion that's increased. Suspicion. I don't know what she's up to in that office. I don't Distrust. know what's going on. Yeah. But when you make it crystal clear, this is where this school is going. This is who we're going to be. This is my style. This is what I've done in the past. These are my people I'm bringing in. And it's going to be big and it's going to be awesome for us and awesome for the kids. If you're not, listen, there are a lot of schools out there. Most schools don't do this. You can go there. That's fine. Yeah. We're going to help you find those jobs. Right. Conversations with teachers. Mm-hmm. That's the bulk of the conversations. Yeah. It's not that they're complaining or criticizing. It's that they're anxious about not knowing. Right. Of what we're doing, where we're going. And that's what they're whispering about in the hallway. Yeah. They're, you know, you know, you know, I bet, I bet, I bet what she's really doing. They're, now mm-hmm. they're having to, they're creating fictional stories. Oh, the fictions are horrible. Yeah. Oh, they're so. Which is way worse. It's way worse. Because you have, you've seen it on both sides, mm-hmm. even as an administrator mm-hmm. and you find out what teachers are talking. Well, of course, when you walk into the lunchroom, the, the, all the conversations stop because you're an administrator. It gets quiet. <laughs> right. Like, this is a quiet lunchroom. But, but then you find out what they were really talking about and it, it had to be shocking because it was so far from the truth they're not trying to undermine they're not trying to bring toxicity into the culture yeah they're just trying to figure out what's going on at brabham we were doing a lot of change a lot of changes and we were asking for feedback from the teachers hey what's what's lacking what's missing mm. always over and over communication yeah they wanted to know more what's really happening. And, um, it, it's an analogy I think of is, is an engine, right? Good schools are engines. They have all these great working parts mm-hmm. and the horsepower and everything. Uh, but the communication is the pipes yeah. conduits for the coolant. And if you don't have that coolant running, it doesn't matter if it's the best BMW turbocharged engine in the world. If the coolant isn't running through those pipes, it's going to overheat and come to a halt. And it's like the communication is those pipes to let that coolant run through and, and, and calm the culture. Yeah. And without the communication about what's really happening in the campus, uh, stories will be created about what sh- what's happening. And yeah. those stories are, are scary and anxious and often filled with fear. Yeah. Drama. Dr- yeah. Drama. Yeah. That's that's the point of a story is the drama. Yeah. It wouldn't be called a story. It doesn't get past if it's not dramatic. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right? So, yeah. Um, yeah. That's the thing. And you know, and, and that, and that communication approach. And I was, um, at, um, Viter middle school and working with, uh, Jason Yaman, the principal over there. And you know, the challenges they have, it's an interesting school. They have, um, it's a middle school. They're on separate campuses because of the hurricane. So yeah. they have, it's a fifth and sixth grade school. Fifth grade is at uh, the high school. They house them at the high school mm-hmm. in a hallway. And then sixth grade has a hallway at the junior high. And um, it's constantly – a, and they still have no idea mm-hmm. what's going to happen. They don't know if they're going to tear down the middle school because of the damage and build a new one or going to try to remodel it. or what, they're, still, they're still waiting. <laughs> but what he talks about all the time and with the superintendent there is communication, even – the fact that we have no new information, mm-hmm. we're still going to, we're, we're then we need to tell them the same story and the same, not story, but it's t- some what's the same thing is happening. Right, right. We're still at it, but they have to keep hearing it because if, if they don't hear it, anything, mm-hmm. 
then clearly something's changed and no one's telling us. Yeah. So even if it's telling the same story, the mm-hmm. same, the same facts, they have to hear that as well. That's a great point. That's yeah. what I was just thinking. I'd rather know that we don't know mm-hmm. than not know at all. Yeah. Not, not know what's happening. Right. And yeah. be completely honest about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's very good. You know, the, the, the idea of when, uh, the toxicity that happens, I think sometimes what's interesting you brought that up. I think sometimes that we have a, a, a belief that, Teachers are intentionally mm-hmm. undermining. But when you talk about it, being on both sides, I think I think what might be more true is oftentimes it's not that they're intentionally doing anything. They just don't have any information. Mm-hmm. So the natural approach as a human being is to create possibilities. Well, you know what might happen? Yeah. And to talk about it over time, which becomes toxic. And it's almost mm-hmm. – I'm not saying it's not their fault – but in addition to uh, we have to as a school leader, they have to own that. Well, the reason that's happening is they have no information. They're they're running through the possibilities of what could go wrong. Mm-hmm. That's brilliant. Right. Right. But that's only because they don't know what is actually happening. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And um, it's just like kids, it's just like the classroom. Yeah. I told you the homework assignment was due. <laughs> Well, you told them once, right? <laughs> <laughs> Last month, yeah. you know, communi- you can never communicate too much. You can only communicate too little or too unclearly. Thanks for listening to episode eight, Clarity and Toxicity, the interview with Hal Bowman. You can listen to more of the interview at halbowman.com or subscribe to the Mafost mashup on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, mafos.com forward slash mashup to get the show notes if you enjoyed the show or know someone who might enjoy the show then go ahead and pass it along